It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch this show and subscribe to the show over on YouTube. And you can check us out on all the podcasting platforms out there. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher, TuneIn. It does not matter. Just make sure to rate review, and subscribe to check out every single episode of Locked on Panthers. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council because every single Friday answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show to participate either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's show, going to talk to Steven Ruiz. He covers the NFL for the ringer.com, and he also is a Carolina Panther fan just like you. If you've been checking out the pod- podcast and following us, you remember he joined us a couple months ago ahead of the draft to discuss the possibility of Kenny Pickett being here and Malik Willis and even Matt Corral and Desmond Ritter and all the other options that were there at quarterback and what the Panthers should do with the sixth pick. He did tell us that had they taken Kenny Pickett, that we, he would have had to come on the show right after that. Well, the Panthers didn't do that. They took Matt Corral, and they've now since added Baker Mayfield. And Steven had an interesting perspective on what the Carolina Panthers signing of Baker or trade for Baker Mayfield means for the team moving forward. And if it still shows that they have a lack of a clear plan at the quarterback position. So we'll talk to him about that and the expectations heading into this 2022 season here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this season of Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, back here on Locked on Panthers. Now let's bring in Steven Ruiz from The Ringer and also a noted Carolina fan who we had on a couple months ago heading into the draft. And 
He said that had the Panthers drafted Kenny Pickett, we would have had to have him on the show. That did not happen, so we've had to delay it until now where the Carolina Panthers have finally added what should be viewed as an upgrade for Baker Mayfield. Steven, how you doing, man? Uh, I feel like I would prefer Kenny Pickett now looking back on it. I may, maybe I was a little too hard on the guy. Really? Like it's that bad for you, huh? Uh, Yes. And here, like for me, I don't know about you. Baker is very hard to root for. And he makes it no. very hard to root for. I disagree. I think he's absolutely easy to root for. Come oh, on. Man. Like the under the guy walked on at Texas Tech, started as a true freshman, lit it up. Cliff Kingsbury is like, you know what? Forget this. I don't want this guy. Walks on to OU. Like that's one of the top four programs in college football. Takes him to the playoff twice, becomes a Heisman Trophy winner and number one overall pick. And that dude like didn't even get scholarships out of college. Like, how do you not root? I get it. His personality can be abrasive. But you can't root for that. Like I feel like he's easy to root for. No, no, no. The the, the mediocre talent who who got a lot of opportunities and, and took advantage of them does not excite me, especially when you're like talking crap about Duke Johnson wanting a new contract, like he did. I think that was his rookie year, second year, when he was like, get on the train or, or it's leaving. And then his social media activity hasn't been the greatest. Uh, it's been some problematic uh, posts, some uninformed posts about certain vaccines. That, that, that was a little weird. So, yeah, it's very easy for me not to like Baker Mayfield. Okay, so that stuff aside, the talent. You say mediocre talent. Mm-hmm. Baker, it's interesting when you look at his career in Cleveland. Like he comes into a situation where they're 1-31 before he got there, and Hugh Jackson's his head coach, who obviously has shown that he – has no business coaching any NFL team as the head guy. Then the second year, another man who has even less business coaching a team in the NFL, Freddie Kitchens, is his coach. Then when he finally gets a, a good coach in Kevin Stefanski, things kind of take off there in his second half of that season in 2020. Then last year, for the most part, he played injured. And yeah, there's been the, the issues off the field and kind of the spats he's had with Stefanski and with Hugh Jackson, and even with Freddie Kitchens. But there seems like there's at least something there, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, and you said this before we started recording, at least we don't have to watch Sam Darnold anymore. And I do think that's, like, the way to sell this trade. Right. Here's my issue about, like, the upgrade thing. Okay. I, I, I think where these two, like, really diverge in terms of talent, where Baker is, like, clearly better, is, like, in the play action, the early down play action game. And I think we're going to see a huge difference in, like, efficiency in that regard because basically that's all they were running for Sam Darnold, and he still couldn't execute those easy plays, those plays that are supposed to be really easy that, like, Jared Goff could run. Baker's good, way better at those. I think he's a more accurate quarterback on those. I think he has better arm talent on those types of throws. My problem is, like, you have to be a very good team to be able to do that consistently, and I don't think the Panthers are going to be a very good team, like the Browns were in 2020. And if you look back at 2020, Baker wasn't so good in the first half. He wasn't good until that whole offense started getting rolling. Like, Nick Chubb running the offensive line, like, emerges, like, the best offensive line in the league. They were always ahead in game, so they could keep – they could stay in those formations. They can keep uh, extra tight ends on the field. But when you're losing and you have to drop back to pass – that's when we're going to see the bad Baker. And I feel like we're going to see a lot of those in- instances this year in Carolina just because they are going to be – I don't think they're a bad team by any means, but I think they're going to be a mediocre team. They're going to, you know, up around seven, eight wins, maybe six wins. I think their win total is, uh, is six and a half. Yeah, six and a half. Into the year. 
so I don't know if we're going to see the best of Baker like consistently enough, like those situations. And and then when you compare Darnold to Baker in like that drop back passing, those type of concepts that I think uh, Carolina is going to run a lot of because that's what Ben McAdoo does. I think that's when like the gap closes between them and they really start to look like the same type of quarterback. And that's my concern is that like, yes, he's better than Sam Darnold, but are we going to be able to see it? Are the Panthers going to be able to stick in those situations where he's going to look a lot better than Sam Darnold? Or is he, are they going to have to put him in situations where he tends to struggle? Like when he has to pass and the defense knows he's going to pass. Yeah. I just wonder, is the infrastructure here in Carolina set up for him to win? Last year we sat here and compared the situation that Sam Darnold had in New York with what he had here in Carolina. And a lot of the same issues he had was like no running back after Christian McCaffrey being out for the majority of the season. And then the offensive line was still terrible. His weapons, he only had DJ Moore as Robbie Anderson struggled and Terrace Marshall was injured and never really stepped up as a rookie. And even Shai Smith as well. Like Brandon Zilstra was their top three wide receiver for the Panthers last year. And there's no tight end game as they traded Dan Arnold in a reactionary move after week three to go bring in CJ Henderson, who offered nothing so far as a Panther there at corner, but I look at it now, they've gone out and fixed the offensive line. You have four new starters with Taylor Moten back. Then you have DJ again. Terrace Marshall, I think, can take a step forward. Rashard Higgins already has rapport there with Baker. Tight ends still going to be nothing. But it feels like he's set up to at least have success when it comes to the running game with McCaffrey, Foreman, and even Hubbard if the offensive line looks like they're going to be better than what we've seen in the last couple of years. I mean, am I wrong to think that? No, I think he does have good pieces around him. But I think the problem is I, – I hate the fit with Ben McAdoo. And I think – Okay, you that's, go back that's to Because ben, ben McAdoo runs a certain type of offense that is like the opposite end of the spectrum from the offense that he, uh, Baker ran in Cleveland when he was like at his best, like under Stefanski. And I don't think the Panthers' personnel necessarily lends itself to that type of uh, offense. Like are we going to be putting a fullback on the field? It's, it's, uh I'm forgetting his name, the fullback. Giovanni Richie. Richie. We're going to be giving him snaps. We're going to be giving Tommy Tremble and Ian Thomas snap, like instead of keeping these receivers, like that's the strength of the the personnel on offense, right? The receiver in theory, at least if Robbie Anderson bounces back. So if they're going to play a lot of 11 personnel and they're going to be in the gun, like, like uh, Ben McAdoo ran a lot in New York with Eli Manning. I just don't think you can get to the type of concepts that Baker runs best. Like people will be like, Oh, like look at Baker splits. He's, he's great. Uh, when you, when you have two tight ends on the field and 12 personnel, he's great. Uh, the Panthers don't have the personnel to play like that. No, they don't. And Ben McAdoo is not a, a coach who's going to call that type of offense. That's not how he calls plays. If he tries to do like a Shanahan type offense, he's not, it's not going to go well. Cause that's not what he knows. So it's just, it's tough for me to envision them being able to play an offense that Baker Mayfield is going to be comfortable in. And that's why I'm so cynical about the trade. And, and honestly, like the trade was a smart. In, it was in good a business. It's a good, it's a good value. My problem was like stacking all these moves on top of each other that they've made over the last three years. That's none of them are bad on their own, but when you stack them up, it's like, okay, this team clear, clearly has no vision. Like none of the, the trades or none of the acquisitions like make sense together. When you look at the, when you step back and look at the big picture. So I, I, when I say I hate the trade, I don't hate the actual trade. I hate what the trade represents and it represents a lack of a plan. And that's where I agree with you. Cause I'm actually like, I'm happy to have him here. As I mentioned, like I've been a long time Baker Mayfield fan. I get why he rubs people the wrong way for me. I'm just kind of like, 
whatever. Sportsmanship is for suckers anyway. And like, I, I'm a yeah. guy who I love Draymond Green. And, yeah. and like, I don't hate that Draymond, part of Baker. Yeah. Like, I mean, I love Draymond Green. So I, I've had plenty of people being like, oh, like, oh, like, we hate Draymond. We hate like Baker's. It's like, well, obviously, Draymond's a four time champion. Baker's not. But these guys had to have that kind of personality to even be in the situation yeah. that got them to where they're at. So I'm like, why would I want them to change? Now, dial it back a little bit. But I do agree with you there with the whole lack of a plan. Because when they, when they bring in Teddy Bridgewater, okay, whatever. If you want to get rid of Cam, I get the injuries. Tepper, he's been the owner there for two years. He wants to have a healthy quarterback. Joe Brady runs the same system that Teddy played with that year back in 2019 in New Orleans. I get it. That deal could be a bridge deal. I was totally fine with that being the plan. But once they get tired of it, they being Tepper, and then they go out there and try to find Stafford, he's like, I'm good. I'm going to go hang out with McVay and win a Super Bowl. Deshaun doesn't want to come here, not once, twice, but three times, and you land on Darnold, and then you draft a quarterback who you probably could have sat there at four and got in the fourth round and gotten and draft, excuse me, in uh, Matt Corral. And then now this, like, I agree with you. It, it, like, who's going to start week one of 2023? That's like what I've been asking people. Because yes. we know Baker's probably going to start this year, even though they're saying, oh, it's still a quarterback competition. All right, BS, Scott. You didn't do this to let Sam Darnold go out there week one against a team that Baker is going to be so fired up to play. Like, who starts week one in 2023? And I'm not going to sit here and say that the favorite is Matt Corral, because, again, who goes out there and drafts the guy in the third round expects him to be their franchise quarterback? Right. And now he's not going to get reps because we're going to be using those reps to figure out. Yes, we're going to be using those reps to figure out who the starting quarterback is. He won't even be getting second team reps. Right. And when he's going to play in the preseason, he's going to be playing against like end of the roster guys, like camp bodies in in the fourth quarter. He's not going to get reps in practice. Like I've seen the take that this doesn't really affect Matt Corral. Yes, it does. Players don't just magically get better. It's not Madden where you just like drop some XP on him and oh, all of a sudden it's 85 overall. He has to play football to get better at playing football. That's how things tend to work. Yeah. And I've been in the camp of, I'm just in a way I'm happy because he doesn't have to get thrown out there before he's ready. And I do understand the folks like, okay, well, let's see what he has as well. Do you really want to do that? I don't know if you're worried about, oh, you're going to ruin the guy. He's only a third rounder. It's not like you gave up that much capital and you have that much invested in him. He hasn't signed his contract yet to be like, oh, we can't ruin the guy. But still, like you're right, because you don't see quarterback competitions in the NFL. You already know who your guy's going to be. And I guess Seattle's going to have one as well. Like, when is he going to play in the preseason? How many many reps is he going to get? Like, Trey Lance threw a ton last year in practice to the point where San Francisco shut him down. And now he's theoretically ready to go. Corral's not going to be in that same situation entering 2023 if in in the event that he actually is competing for the job. And he's like the type of quarterback that needs that coming from uh, an offense where all they did was run RPO. Like that offense is not translatable to the NFL at all. Unless you're in Miami and you have two, you just run RPOs all the time. But it's going to be a tough transition for him coming from Lane Kiffin's offense. And the only way to get used to seeing NFL defenses is seeing NFL defenses and playing. I'm less concerned about him not being able to play during the regular season. And I'm more concerned with what I said, like the reps in practice, not getting yeah. those and those getting wasted on two quarterbacks that no Panthers fans want on the roster in five years. Like we want something better in five years. That's what that's the thing is like we want. 2011 again, right? Like that yeah. rejuvenated the fan base. Like, I was like, 2010 was rough. Watching Jimmy Clausen was rough, and it was hard. I used to watch every Panthers game, and that season, I, it was tough for me to tune in, man. 
It was tough to watch Brian St. Pierre make a spot start against the Ravens, man. I was I watched the games, but oh, the stay-at-home dad who came out off the couch and then tore his bicep in that or not his bicep, his, uh, his like tricep or whatever in that game because he hadn't thrown a football in like months. <laughs> right, yeah, just it, that was like one of the low points for, of my Panthers fandom. But then Cam comes along and you get a franchise quarterback. It doesn't even matter. Like Cam obviously turned out to be good, yeah, but it doesn't even matter if you get like a bad one. It's still exciting. Like Jets fans are having fun rooting for Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's coming off a terrible year. I don't personally think he's very good, but I can still look at Jets fans and be like, I'm jealous of that. I'm jealous of that like excitement. I'm not going to get excited about Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield. And going back to the Teddy Bridgewater contract, like what did they expect when they signed Teddy Bridgewater? Like I know Teddy wasn't the best when he was in Carolina, but like he was Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, exactly. Like, watch the film. It's like, yeah, this is him. This yeah. is Teddy Bridgewater. So you signed him and saw him be Teddy Bridgewater, and you're like, ah, actually, that's not what we want. I think that was like a naive signing, like giving him that money, because it kind of suggests that, oh, if we just have a steady-handed quarterback, we might win a lot of games. Mm-hmm. I think they overestimated what the rest of the roster was and their own coaching staff. But then the Darnold move, that was something different. That was desperation. Yeah. That was desperation. That, there was no logic behind it. Like, you laid out the logic for Teddy Bridgewater. Joe Brady played uh, he played under him in New Orleans. Or he played in that system. Uh, he is a steady hand. Like, he's not going to turn the ball over. If you want to win with defense and running the ball, like, he's the ideal quarterback. Sam Darnold, it was just like, well, let's just trade for him and just hope he's better. Like, let's just hope he's he, he learns how to play quarterback. And he didn't. And then now we make another desperation move. So now you were just stacking desperation moves on top of each other with no clear plan. And it's, we could have avoided all this just by drafting Justin Fields or uh, – or Mac, Jones. Mac Jones. I would yeah. take Mac Jones at this point. Yeah. And yeah, like with, with Teddy, and I never really understood like sitting there throughout that entire season, especially like it's 2020, we're in a pandemic. Like, why are people mad as hell every Sunday? Because Teddy Bridgewater is Teddy Bridgewater. Just like be happy that your team's even playing football. Like, he did everything he's always done. And then, like, with Teppard being like, yeah, I don't like this guy. Go get me somebody else. It, it, yes. Like, it was short sighted, never made a lot of sense. And I was out on Darnold from day one because I saw him play in New York. He was terrible. I saw him play his last year at USC. All he did was give the team the ball to the other team. But, hey, he was already built up to be this next guy. So the NFL is like, okay, come on down, Sam Darnold. Yeah, they haven't had much of a plan at all. And it's not even yet. Like you said, it's like, who are they going to have in five years? Because with Jack Wilson's going to be terrible as well. Um, they have hope that maybe he, it actually might work out. Jacksonville has hope with, ter- with Trevor Lawrence, a city that should never have hope in their football team. The Bears – they have been Justin Fields, San Francisco. I mean, hell, they've won so much. They don't even deserve to have hope, but they have hope in Trey Lance that he can be an upgrade from Jimmy. And they're already spoiled as is being able to get to the Super Bowl and NFC title game with Jimmy. We don't really have that hope here. And I've tried to at least be positive as I can because I can't come up here five days a week and like completely crap right. on a situation here. They've done some good things, but at least Matt Corral, in a way, like offers a semblance of hope that, hey, maybe this right. guy, he could be the guy. Like, just keep going back to you look at every other team in the league. There's like only four other teams that even have guys who weren't first round picks. And of those four, like only two of them even like drafted those dudes and actually expect them to maybe be the future. Like, do you see it with Matt Corral at some point? Like eventually, because you say you, you rather have Pickett in the situation, but at least with Matt Corral, could, could you fall in line and maybe think that, hey, who knows? Maybe to get it done. I think so. I think he is a talented player. It's yeah. it's hard. It's always hard to evaluate these guys in these these like extremely college type offenses, just because it's hard to say. Oh, he can't do this. Like he can't. 
go through his progressions. He just hasn't been asked to do it yet. Yeah. So I, I do think there's a chance. I would have been far more interested in like a scenario where the Panthers go into camp and Corral has a chance to at least compete for the job. I feel like for me, that's more interesting than Baker Mayfield being around for probably one year. And he's yeah. probably going to move on after. Uh, I don't look like just go back two minutes to what you're talking about. And we were basically like looking at the Jaguars and the Jets and being like, <laughs> oh man, I wish we were them. <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know. And I, it is a shame because I do think there are some cool players to root for on this team. Like there are some, like Jeremy Chin is a cool player. I, even Shaq Thompson is good. He's a cool player. Brian Burns, uh, DJ Moore. Like these are like cool players that I want to watch and want to root for, but it's so hard and like having a bad quarterback just like ruins everything. It kind of poisons everything. Like you're like, oh yeah, like we have this like nice young foundation of players outside of the quarterback position, but we know that it doesn't matter because of how important that position is. That's the position you need to have. Yeah. Going to there's a lot of ways to be successful in the NFL, but if you don't have that, you're not gonna do it. Yeah, and that's the thing. I I mean, people will get on me like, why do you keep talking about the quarterback? Like, talk about something else. Like, I mean, I can spend all day talking about Damian Wilson and Corey Littleton and what they're going to provide to this linebacker room, but it doesn't really matter if we don't have a quarterback here, as we've seen the last couple of years. Because a lot of people like to bring up, like, oh, if Christian McCaffrey's healthy, then that would have helped out Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold. Like, probably. But when last time he was healthy in 2019, they still went 6-10 and because they didn't have a quarterback. They started Kyle Allen for like 14 games or 12 games, whatever it was that season. So it didn't really matter, and the defense wasn't great. Now, I do personally think that they've made a lot of strides this offseason. Like, the offensive yes. line's rebuilt, special teams-wise, to get Johnny Hecker, Andre Roberts to be a returner, and Chris Tabor's been a really good coordinator out there. McAdoo, at least he brings head coaching experience, which was desperately needed. Steve Wilkes is back here now. He's always been a good defensive coach, and he's been a coordinator and a head coach in this league. And you look at what they've done free agency. I think the Ioannidis move makes sense. Now allowing guys like Gross Matos to step up and be starters. Xavier Woods coming in. I really feel like they've done a lot of positive things. It just still comes down to the quarterback. Like, for me, if we can just get – I mean, I say we. If the Panthers can just get the second half of Baker in 2020 – and I understand that this different concepts and offense, this team can be right there in the eight, nine win territory in this NOC and be competing for a wild card. Right. But, and that, and then that's like the frustrating thing as a fan is like, why is that? Like, that's the goal now is yeah. just eight, eight, nine wins in the wild card. And I, I really like Fitterer. I think he's got like his first off season really in charge. I feel like he's done a good job. Like you said, like I, on the whole, I think the off season has been a positive for the Panthers. There was no quarterback in the draft to really pursue, so I give him a I give him a pass there. Yeah, and I wouldn't have wanted to trade for, uh, like even Russell Wilson. I think is in a weird spot in his career. This is kind of like a make or break. Like, is he going to continue to be that quarterback, or is he going to continue to decline? Uh, who else was available this offseason? Like Deshaun Watson, obviously. Deshaun, I, would, I, yeah. I don't want no part of that situation. Uh, so I, I give him a pass for not for not uh, pursuing a quarterback like a like a legitimate quarterback. I wouldn't consider Baker Mayfield like a legitimate star at the position. But I do think that the the last three quarterbacks they've acquired, they've done it on the cheap. Like that's been the selling point for each move, right? Like even Teddy Bridgewater mm -hmm. was like, yeah, you gave him like, what was it, 20 million a year? Yeah. But if you, look at, if you look at starting quarterbacks, that's a really cheap deal. Like quarterbacks usually make way more than that, starting quarterbacks. Right. And then Sam Darnold was like, well, yeah, you know, throw him a third round pick. Like that's, that's nothing. And then with Baker, it's a fifth uh, conditional fifth round pick. 
Why are we trying to find, yeah, I just said we do. Why are the Panthers trying to find bargains at the most important position? That's not the position you want to find a bargain. That's where you want to push all your chips in. That's where you want to throw multiple first round picks. You don't want to be acquiring a quarterback for a third round pick. Yeah. And it's, and it's just, it's interesting. Like they go to the bargain bin there and then you hear all the reporting. And I agree with you with the whole Deshaun thing. Like I I wanted the player, like the person and having to sit here and continue to have to talk about everything that's going on would have been exhausting and just would have been just like kind of a moral dilemma of like, Hey, I want to win football games, but also like, why are we doing this and having these conversations when there's so many more important things to talk about surrounding Deshaun, but it came down to money at the end, like Tepper, didn't want to give him the guarantees. Like, but Cleveland's like, screw it. Like, we've sucked for years. Let's go ahead and give him the guarantees. So they won't give Deshaun Watson a proven quarterback who's going to miss time and probably come back and be just fine. And he, they won't give him the guarantees, but then they'll guarantee Sam Darnold $18 million when he, he's been terrible for three years and hadn't played a snap. It's, it is a, it's a wild way to do business here in Carolina. Everything outside of that, though, I feel like it's been good business. Yeah. Do you think Baker – is going to do enough to keep Matt rule around here this, this upcoming after this season? No, no, I really don't just because of the fit. Like, I think if you had like an offensive personnel and a, an offensive coordinator that kind of fit Baker's skill set, I do think, yeah, I think he's good enough with the talent the Panthers have to, to win eight games, eight, nine games challenge for a wild card spot. And if you do that, then Matt rule can go look progress. You can point to progress. If they win five, six games again, which I think Baker is good enough to elevate them to that. I don't think Darnold would have gotten them to like the six or seven win mark. I don't think like mediocrity is going to, going to save them this time. I, I think fans would revolt. If that yeah. Happens. Well, I think fans are going to revolt. I mean, if, if Sam Darnold somehow trots, trots out there at any point this season and, and I've told fans like, look, okay, guys, you want Matt rule gone. Yeah. Maybe he's probably not equipped for it. I mean, college coaches who are been better than him, like Saban and Spurrier, haven't even had success and and then you've seen like well how that typically goes like Kingsbury has been okay but really this guy he's not anything special yeah. out there in Arizona I just I, I don't trust the owner so okay you get rid of Matt Rule you've seen how David Tepper's done business in Rock Hill without the practice facility fell apart he decided to get Ron get rid of Ron Rivera who went to the playoffs his first year as with the football team and almost won a playoff game against Tom Brady with Taylor Heineke at quarterback like clearly he's a better coach than, than Matt Rule, which we already should have known. Like, do you really trust David Tepper? Because I think that's the real issue here in Carolina. Because he's the reason why Darnold's here, and he's the reason why they had to make another desperate move, as you call it, to bring Aker Mayfield this upcoming season. Like that's where all the problems begin and end with that guy as the owner here in Carolina. And until and that, he figures it out, I have a hard time believing that they're gonna have success. That's why it's so hard to be optimistic about the team, even with like these positive steps they've taken this offseason, is we know how just how much a bad owner could hurt a team. Like I, I live in Washington. I live in DC. I've seen it firsthand. Like even, even if you eliminate all the the crappy stuff Daniel Snyder does off the field, like just his football influence has been just awful. And it's followed the same theme as David Tepper's early years as Panthers owner, a lack of patience. That was that, uh, da- uh, Daniel Snyder fired Marty Schottenheimer after an eight and eight year, his first year taking over the job for Steve Spurrier. I, and I think there's like that similar thing where Tepper doesn't just want to win. He wants to like do it in a way that makes him looks like, like he, like he's smart. Like he like pulled off. Yeah. A move. Like it's one thing to like draft Trevor Lawrence 
first overall and he turns into what we all expect him to he's next Peyton Manning or whatever next Andrew Luck and and carries the Jaguars to the playoffs like anybody could have made that pick but David Tepper's trying to like pull off these like like oh I'm gonna revive Baker Mayfield I'm gonna revive Sam Darnold I'm gonna hire a, a college coach and give him a seven-year deal and let him like just build it from the ground up he's trying to like kind of do it in an unorthodox way and I do think that's on purpose like I am like a, a, I don't know I'm, I'm on the outside looking in I obviously don't know but it, I feel like all the moves like follow that tr- general trend yeah no I, I don't necessarily disagree with you I'm certainly not that guy's biggest fan anyone who's listened to the show knows how I feel like David Tepper coming in here to Charlotte thinking that He's going to change everything. Carpet bag and Yankee, as I like to call him. Uh, but um, let me get you out on this, man, because I'm just curious to see. Like, if Baker Mayfield does get them to that 8-9 win range and they get to the playoffs, like, Darnold's gone. Corral will be here. I'm just so curious to see what their next steps might be because really what might be best for this franchise moving forward is to hit the reset button all around, yes. get rid of rule. Fitter will be here. He'll have to bring in a new head coach. And likely, I think the best thing might be is drafting one of those 2023 quarterbacks. Like, I don't know if they're going to be bad enough to get Corral, or not Corral, to get Stroud from Ohio State or Bryce Young from Alabama. Those do end up being the top two guys. I don't really see the hype around Will Levis, but I've been told this is going to be a deeper quarterback class. It might be the best thing for them, even if they do get eight to eight, nine wins, is to jettison off Baker and then draft 2023 quarterback and put him with a young coach. And in with the, a good infrastructure around that guy, see how that goes. I don't know how you feel about kind of where they might go in that scenario. Yeah, that's going to be rough. I think it that's going to be a rough spot. It's going to be tough because I think it depends on what Baker looks like. Like if it is the back end of 2020, like with the Browns, even when he watched his film when he was going good, it was still like clear that the, this was like a lot of schemed up throws. When he had to throw, it didn't look great. If he's that same player, and I think if he is that same player, I think it's good enough to get to eight to eight to nine wins. But even the Browns back then were like, oh, I don't know if this is a franchise guy. Yeah. You're basically trying to put yourself in the same situation the Browns were a year ago, where they're still like, I don't, we don't even know how good Baker is or whether we should pay him. So like that's probably the most realistic, successful outcome for the team this year. And even then, that just puts you in an awkward spot with a lot of tough decisions to make uh, next offseason. I don't even think that like pushes the franchise forward. That's another reason why I was, I was kind of like, all right, Sam Darnold for another year. I know it's hard to watch, but Hey, he's the tank commander, man. We can get, <laughs> the Panthers can get one of these top guys and that's what they need to do. But I, I think they're just good enough now where they're not going to be able to get a, a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud, which is really disappointing. Yeah, and they've already given up so much draft compensation at this point. Like for twenty, for even next season, I think New England already owns two of their draft picks, a third and six. And then you want to be, and then already in twenty twenty four, they've given up what's likely, I think, going to be a fourth round pick after Baker plays seventy percent of the snaps. All around, though, I, I think that there's far more excitement now that Baker's here, opposed to having watched Sam Darnold this upcoming season. There's a lot to look at as far as like you bring up guys like Jeremy Chin, Brian Burns, and we'll see how his contract situation plays out after this upcoming season. And then with Terrace Marshall and some other young players, like they should be an improved team. But until they get quarter that figured out, you and me and a lot of other people are going to be a little bit skeptical of just what the ceiling is for the Panthers. But I always appreciate your perspective, guys. Make sure to check him out on Twitter at the Steven Ruiz. Check out his work over at the ringer.com covers the NFL does a fantastic job. And he is just like you and me Panthers fan who wants this team to not be 
a part of a mediocre organization anymore. But we'll see how that works out. Steven, thanks again, man. Thanks for having me. Get me a quarterback. <laughs> All right, I'll take a quick pause and then we'll wrap up the show here on Locked On Panthers. Hindsight is 2020 and you can't change the past. But what if you get a little help from your future self? Maybe you'd ask to borrow a little cash. Now you can with Dave. Dave is a banking app that can help get you up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the Apple App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly for terms and conditions. Go to Dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Future you. Well, thank you. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Great conversation there with Steven Ruiz from The Ringer. Again, follow him on Twitter at the Steven Ruiz. And not the most sunshine aspect about the Carolina Panthers heading to 2020. As I've told y'all, like, there's plenty of things to sit here and to be upset about and hope for like the quarterback position and that getting stabilized. And I'm not quite sure whether Baker's going to be the long-term answer. And I pointed out there, even if he gets into the playoffs, they might still need to look at kind of pushing the reset button as there's a really good foundation here with what they have on the offensive line now and defensively and with McCaffrey and DJ Moore. And you want this team to really take that next step. And they're not a quarterback away, not just yet. We need to see what they can do this season, even with those other parts that I have a lot of confidence in heading into the year. But they might be after this upcoming season if they go to the playoffs and you see what they've built with Scott Fitter taking over the offseason really for the first time this past season. And if they might be a better coach for them to step up and to get to the Super Bowl and us to have that parade down Mint Street and trade and try on an uptown Charlotte. I would love for that to happen. There's things to be happy about, though. There's I don't think it's as dire as a situation as I think Steven looks at it as for this upcoming season. I do think they can be a playoff team. I think they will be a playoff team. I think Baker Mayfield will play like he did in the second half of that 2020 season. Does he fit everything that Ben McAdoo wants him to do? Maybe not, but Ben McAdoo needs to cater his offense around his quarterback so that they can have success, and that's part of coaching. And if you're not willing to adapt to the personnel around you, then you're going to struggle. You're not going to have the success that you should have as a coach. So I challenge Ben McAdoo and the Panthers staff to make sure that if Sam Darnold or, or Baker Mayfield play in this offense, that they do what's going to help those guys have success this upcoming season. So you can check out all his work there on the ringer.com. I think he does the ringer NFL show as well, that podcast. So Panthers fan, he's been beaten down, but I'm going to try and remain as positive as I can. As I'm so I'm pretty frank with y'all. Y'all know, I'm not going to sit here and like lie to you. I'm not going to try and sugarcoat things. I'm going to be pretty straightforward. Now there's points of times where I can't come up here for 30 minutes, every single episode and tell you how things are going to be terrible how the season's doomed because then no one would listen to the show. But I do try to be honest with you as much as I can, because, you know, I can't completely tell you everything how I really feel, because then, well, 
again, it might not be the most sunshiny, rosy thing, and people might get pretty tired of that. So I hope you guys enjoy the show either way. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, guys, to make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other podcasting platforms out there, and watch the show over on YouTube. And please make sure to click that subscribe button down there if you already have not. We're already over 2,000 subscribers. Our next challenge is 3,000 by the time we kick off there in Bank of America State in a couple of weeks against the Cleveland Browns. Thank you so much to everyone who supported Joe so far. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every Friday, like this week, I'm going to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions to participate either at me at Julian Council or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council. In the meantime, stay safe, be happy, be whole, and as always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Tuesday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.